COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to Napa Cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa Cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa Cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 154 of Confessions of a Marketer, the manifesto on content marketing teams. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Ksenia Montan is in to talk about her manifesto. Important reading if you're in the content business. Aren't we all in it? We'll get to that in just a moment. Next week, Traffic Secrets with Dave Woodward. And the weeks ahead, Larry Ludwig on affiliate marketing, plus Travis Chambers, Naira Perez, Marty McDonald, Ian Preston, and Nicholas Vandenberg. As always, stay with us. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Okay, on to Ksenia Montan. We talked a while ago, way before COVID took over our lives, and that's why it's taken some time for me to get to this very valuable discussion, because we had some pop-up topics because of COVID. Anyway, Ksenia runs Planable, a social media collaboration and approval platform, and she has a new book, The Manifesto on Content Marketing Teams, which lays out how teams should work together in the new world of content marketing. In our chat, we learn about Planable, the key points of the book, the biggest hurdles content teams face, and how marketing teams can connect content and social media marketing to the results of the business. Plus, we delve into process, technology versus phone calls and face-to-face conversations. Remember, this was pre-COVID, and we get her views on where marketing is headed. I really enjoyed this one. Let's get to it. Ksenia, it's great to have you on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you share your background? Yeah, of course. I'm a founder and CEO of Planable, a software company, a collaboration platform for marketers. 
And I started the company about three years ago out of my own frustration with the industry. Mm. I had the social media marketing agency before Planable. I started it during my university years. And, you know, I was very frustrated with the way I was planning content for social media and collaborating with my team and getting approvals from my clients. I felt like the entire process of, you know, just planning everything in an Excel and, you know, ping ponging it between yourself, the team and the client was very tedious and very frustrating. A lot of time was being wasted. And I just wanted something more streamlined, something more elegant. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Planable got born, you know, just trying to scratch my own itch. Yeah, yeah. Often the best ideas come from trying to fix a problem that you personally have. I can't agree more. Yeah, because at that point, you know, you're an ideal user and you, there is some kind of, you know, dedication to that subject because you, you suffered <laughs> from it yeah, personally yeah. and you, you identify with it better than anyone else. So tell me about Planable and what you guys do. Yeah. So for the past three years, since we started the company, we've been working with hundreds of marketing teams across the world, mostly in the United States and in the UK. And we're helping them with our software, with our tool to become more productive and to be better organized as a team. So what Planable does, it's a collaboration tool where teams can plan content in a very, very visual way. So when they plan content, it looks exactly as though they're already, you know, it's already published on the platform. So they can visualize everything at an extreme, you know, level of of accuracy. And it's extremely collaborative. So everyone who needs to be involved in the process, you know, if you're an agency and you have clients or if you're an internal team and you have lots of external stakeholders that need to get themselves involved in the process, give you feedback or review content before it's live. So you can do that very visually, very collaboratively inside Planable. Uh, So it has all kinds of modules and features that help you as as a marketing team be, you know, your best and create your best work. Yeah. Does it plug into a website like WordPress, other things like that? Do you publish through Planable or just plan? Yeah, good question. So it does plug in into the social networks API. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. So once everyone is happy with the content and it has been approved by everyone who needs to do that, you can just automatically schedule it or, or publish it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And you have a book. Congratulations on the book, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Crazy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's called The Manifesto on Content Marketing Teams, and it lays out how teams should work together in the new world of content marketing. What are the key points that you'd like our listeners to hear? Yeah. So I think what's crazy about our current state in the industry is that social media has become this new wave that completely, completely changed the way we do marketing today. But the way we work as marketers internally, so everything that happens behind the scenes uh, operationally has, you know, it's still kind of the same, you know, we still use Microsoft Outlook, we still use Mm -hmm. almost the same tools we've been using before this, you know, digital revolution and social media and mobile revolution. So that what surprises me the most about our industry, the fact that, yes, we've been embracing all the trends, 
and we've been innovating on our work, but the work about work has not changed. So I feel like it needs an upgrade today, not necessarily just on the social media side, what we do at Planet, but also every other piece of the content marketing mix, right? Like the way we do video, the way we do podcasts, the way we do every content format, (laughs) it needs to be upgraded and you need to work in a way that is has been designed for that content specifically. So when I look at, you know, a few key points that I describe in, in my book, I talk about three principles of content marketing work. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, clarity, because th- that's a problem I noticed back in my agency days when I was working on content for clients. I didn't have any clarity. The spreadsheets and Excels are just a terrible way of planning your work because it's not visual enough. It doesn't represent your, it doesn't put your work in, in, in its best light. So you don't have clarity on how that's going to look like in the end, especially for clients. That's extremely important. And then the second one is coordination. I felt like there was so much back and forth between us with all those files and spreadsheets and emails and never ending conversations and meetings and phone calls. So we were completely, you know, misaligned because of that very broken process. So I think coordination in this age, in this very dynamic age of social media is extremely important. If you can't get yourself completely 100% aligned as a team, things are going to fall through the cracks and you're not going to be able to move as fast as the industry demands. And then the last one is is obviously efficiency. It seems so obvious that, you know, it's even crazy that I'm talking about it, but I feel that efficiency is often very overlooked. Oh, definitely. Yes. We are so focused on creativity and and strategy, uh, but we don't really analyze how efficient and how productive we are as, as professionals and as, as organizations. And if we can automate things, how can we make things move faster? How can we make it simpler so there's no bottlenecks in, in our processes? How can we just make everything seamless? And this is the last principle I talk about. And in every you know, chapter of the book, I talk about the principles what's the problem, how are we trying, how it should be solved in the industry, and what are you to lose if you're not solving it? Yeah, efficiency is an interesting thing to discuss um, because you can have a content operation that produces a ton of stuff, and at the end of the week, the CMO goes, yeah, that's great. What do you got coming next? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I know. So I was going to ask you about the biggest hurdles content teams face, but I think you've kind of covered them. But are there any other hurdles that you help content teams with? Yeah, I think something that I didn't mention is this kind of side of coordination and why we don't have coordination today. It's also because of this extreme change in the way teams are set up. So if we're looking at bigger companies or not necessarily, you know, huge companies, but every medium to big company today, they might have teams across the world in different departments, across time zones, across borders. And this creates this isolation between teams, between marketers. So I think this kind of isolation is one of the roots of why we lack coordination, of why we lack alignment. And that's something else. The book helps on the theoretical side, and then we at Planable help on a more more practical side of actually implementing those values and practices from a perspective that if you're a remote team, you know, meetings and phone calls are not going to cut it. You need something a bit more sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. So how can marketing teams connect 
content that they're working on and social media marketing to the results of the business? This is a big question. I've yeah. been trying to answer it for most of my career, and I don't know that I've I've come up with a satisfactory answer. So I'm leaning on you for this. <laughs> well, I would like to know your point of view on it as well. But from my perspective, I think it all starts with what you want to do with content because it's such a big thing. And also it, it's very specific for every business. But I think the first step in figuring this out is a matter of deciding your objectives. Because if you don't have your objectives, you don't know what to track, what kind of metrics to track. For every kind of objective, you have different metrics. So if you look at awareness, if, if you want to build content and social media so that you can drive more awareness, brand awareness for your brand, you're going to have to set up your analytics in a way, you're going to have to set up your dashboard, your weekly dashboard, your monthly dashboard, however you track it as a team. You're going to have to set it up in a way that it reflects those specific metrics that are tied into the awareness objective. So you're going to look maybe at impressions, at how many people visit traffic, that kind of stuff. But then if you want to look at, let's say, you want to build content for your education, you're going to want to look at downloads maybe, Mm -hmm. how many people have, have actually read your content. Uh, if you're building content for sales, that's totally you know, different. You're going to have to look at conversions, signups, the actual revenue flowing in. So each, you, you have to pick your battles, basically. You have to pick what objectives you want to achieve through content and through social, and then tweak your analytics. First of all, of course, you have to have an airtight analytics system, and it's going to take take time to set it up, especially if you're you know, doing that in the beginning, but then you're going to have to set it up so that it reflects those objectives. Does that make sense? What do you think? Yeah, I think you need to understand your audience. Yeah, that too. And the profile of the people you're going after, the level in the organization they're at, and where the person is in the funnel. Right. Mm, right. Uh, so a top of funnel piece shouldn't ask for a sale. <laughs> But, you know, as the further down you go in the funnel, the more ready the prospect is to make a decision or either way to say, nah, not interested in buying or on the other side of it. Yeah, I'd be interested in having a discussion. Right. I think it, it's all a matter of timing and understanding the profile of the person you're going after. 100%. I think the problem with the funnels, the only problems with the funnels that I, I see today is that it has gotten very hectic. So it's, it's a not... flawed metaphor, I think. Yeah, I, yes. I, because, <laughs> you know, it makes it seem really orderly that yeah. you pour a gallon of water in <laughs> and you get you get two ounces out. And that's not the way it works. No, not, not anymore, for sure. Not um, in this digital no. age, for sure. Maybe at some point in the past, yes, but not anymore. It's just so dispersed. If you, right. if you run a company that has multiple fronts, social media, video, if you have, you know, a website with multiple landing pages, your funnel is really multiple funnels, you know, mm, and true. and they all may feed into the same one, but it's a bit more complex than just saying I've got a funnel here. Even that metaphor, a funnel, funnels all the water down eventually. It just takes time, right? Yeah. But that's not how a funnel works because you <laughs> don't get all the water, you know, the leads down through the funnel. It's really more like a a leaky, um, a, a leaky funnel. A, a bucket with a hole in it, right? <laughs> so metaphors are, you know, for just entertainment value in, in a way, but but it, it is kind of a flawed analogy that we draw. 
True, true. But we know what it means, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as long as we know what it means. <laughs> but all right, let's talk about process. Sure. You know, I've been in the creative side of marketing most of my career, but one of the things that I've really kind of brought into my toolbox is the ability to put in process wherever I've run a team. Mm. And I think it's a necessity to operate any team, but often we think of the goal, we've got to get 500 leads, you know, this month right. as the first thing you think of and process to actually how do we get there is an afterthought. So how, how can a content marketing team ensure they have the right process in place? That's a very good question. I'm still trying to crack it at some point, but I think if a team would take a hard look at what they're losing out, yeah, just because they're not having those processes, if, if they would have to just analyze some of their past projects, take a hard look and see, you know, the time that has been wasted, the opportunities they've lost, the energy, maybe the client relationships even, I think this should be motivating enough when you actually sit down and carefully analyze and make a business case out of it. At the first look, it seems like everything's going fine, right? The business is going fine. A client projects or internal projects, whatever type of business you are, they're moving forward. So typical business life. Mm -hmm. But if you take a hard look and realize if you do like a, a mini audit, you will realize that there's so many holes and if you just manage to fix them one by one, it's going to allow you to move so much faster and you're not going to lose so much because of it. It's just a matter of getting in that mentality, I think. It's not a very <laughs> tactical answer, not a very yeah. practical one. But I think in the end, as you described it, it's a thing of mentality and being open to the idea and then sitting down and with this openness on honesty in yourself, analyzing if something's broken in the way you work. And then maybe it's not, you know, maybe you're perfect and <laughs> everything's <laughs> going fine. So you don't need anything, but maybe you do. So just being honest with yourself and being open with that idea, I think that's the first step. Admitting. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Yes, true, true that. <laughs> so we've got lots of technology to bind teams together, Slack, email, yeah. just texting seems to have kind of eclipsed a lot of other ways to, to communicate. And sometimes though, it just makes sense to get on the phone with someone <laughs> or have a face-to-face -face meeting. What tools and tactics do you recommend to simulate that feel for distributed teams or even for people who are in the same office who slack each other rather than talk face to face? Yeah, that's a good question. So it, it again depends on what team you are because there's no generic answer and there's no generic tool that works for everyone besides Slack. <laughs> yeah. But if we're talking about the actual work you're producing, okay, you're using Slack to communicate internally as a team, but then when you need to communicate about the work, what are you using? So, you know, if you're a designer, you need to use something developed for you. You can't, you can just hack it with a bunch of tools that are generic. You need to use something native for your specific line of work. So if you're a designer, you're probably going to use something like Envision or Figma or, yeah. or Marvel. If you're a video team or you're, you're, you're a team that is producing a lot of video, you're going to produce some, you're going to use something like Frame.io, 
which is a tool that really helps video teams collaborate. If you're developers, you're going to use GitHub and Jira. And if you're a social media marketing team, you might use something like Planable. But what I'm trying to say is that every type of work, even in the bigger marketing mix, every type of work requires a certain tool that is dedicated for it. And in the beginning, you might make it work with a bunch of tools that are generic with Slack and, and Google Drive and emails and Trello and Asana. But the more you scale, this it's going to be harder to, to make it work. It still might work, but it's going to be hard work to keep it up. So at some point, you're going to feel the need to transition to something that's, you know, that's called, you know, new productivity. That's how we call it. It's this new wave of productivity tools that I just mentioned that are dedicated for your specific use case. Someone thought about you and the way you work and has designed something specific for you. So I think that's the best way to go. And in the case of Planable, you have done the work that people uh, now use Planable to facilitate. Exactly. So having a tool that is designed by someone who faced the same challenges as you did, it seems to make sense. And all those tools that you, you mentioned are kind of at the core of, I wouldn't call it specialized work, but it's specific work. Yes. It's, it has certain you know file sharing needs that are different right. than what you can use Slack for. Right. I agree. That's exactly the point. Yeah. Yeah. So where where do you see content marketing headed over the next year or two? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. I think if you look at the trends, it, it seems like it's going back to the roots of communication and social mm -hmm. in general of the way we are as human beings. So, sure. I, so I think it's the direction is all those things, personalization or authenticity in the way content is, is being produced. But a side note, side note that I would like to add about the future of content marketing, a side note that I, I, I like, actually, I like this direction a lot, is it's content marketing has is becoming more in-depth. And that might be also related to just the rules of SEO, because it's so hard to compete on you know, the big yeah. keywords. So you're trying to go in-depth on a specific niche subject, so, you know, on the long tail keywords. So that yep. might be one of the reasons, but also I feel like it's also just a general social trend. So many more very niche communities are being developed, niche forums, niche apps, everything is becoming so niche. And I think that's why content is going in that in-depth niche direction as well. And I think it also accomplishes one of the first things that I mentioned, being authentic. When you're talking about something very specific and very niche, you you can have the power of you know, uh, being relatable to someone because you know, you go, you go through a subject, a lot of detail, and you show that, that you know it. Whilst when you talk about something very general, you get the risk of not <laughs> appealing to yeah. anyone in the end. So I think that's the direction in general, yeah. Yeah, there has been a real shift in the last, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's less than that, from short content to authoritative, lengthy content. Right. We used to write, you know, 400, 400 word blog posts and those don't pass muster anymore. <laughs> yeah, you true, know? true, yeah. And so it's been an interesting shift all 
because of Google and yeah. their algo, the way that works. And it's for good reason, too. Right. I think it makes sense. I like that. From my own perspective, I just don't like when I'm searching for something and you know, I'm opening up an article and it's very superficial. <laughs> yeah. I want something, something uh, you know, in depth. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Good and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, keyword stuffing was, I think, what drove this change because you could write 400 word blog post and just <laughs> stuff it with keywords and people would find it. And at the end of it, you'd think, well, what did I get out of that? It's like, <laughs> you know, empty calories. What I think we have now is a situation where the content is actually more substantial, yeah. more authoritative. Uh, the content that you you know that is good and the the bad content is still trying to keyword stuff but often that that just gets buried right right yeah so you're in Romania tell me about Romania and the business <laughs> environment in Romania we read all the time about kind of upheaval that's happening in eastern europe yeah. for a number of reasons but tell me about Romania so I'm actually originally from Republic of Moldova, which is a neighboring yep. country of, of Romania, a sister country almost. And yeah, I moved here three years ago to start my business because Romania is in the European Union, sure. which is cool. And it has a lot of opportunities for startups. And overall, it's just such a beautiful country in terms of nature, you know, the mountains, yeah. the, the landscape is breathtaking. So yeah, I, I love it. I think it's an extraordinary ecosystem to build a business. You have the advantage of, you know, being in, in Europe, amazing internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> and also just an advantage in terms of costs as well, to be honest. So I think it's an extraordinary place to start the business, to to grow it. And it's also very beautiful in general with, you know, travel and that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, hey, it was great having you on. Thanks for being my guest. This was a really enjoyable and informative discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much. You. And uh, we'll keep in touch. All right, next time, Traffic Secrets with Dave Woodward. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2020. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Stay healthy and see you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.